0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, once again, it's so good to be with you all this morning, and uh, we're going to be taking a look at a text from Ephesians. It's in your handout there, and you can follow along with that. It'll be on the screen as well. But plain and simple, the text from Ephesians chapter 4 is just, it's, uh, it's an awesome and humbling text. It's just very rich. There's a lot of stuff going on there. But as I was reading it and praying about it over the last couple of weeks, it got me thinking about, a, bit, a bit about growing up. And uh, do you have any friends in your life uh, that, you're, that you grew up with and you're still friends with them? Anybody out there? Like, you grew up together with them, right? You have a long history. And I have a few friends like that. I had two conversations just this past week with uh, two different friends. I grew up with them. I've known them for a long time. I've known them longer than I've known my wife. We grew up together. One of them since elementary school here at St. John's. One since uh, junior high over at Sarah Villa. And I think there's something cool about that. There's a shared history that you have. And when we talk or when we hang out, it's so familiar that you don't have to worry about the stuff you worry about when you're meeting new people or becoming friends with someone for the first time. And, And also, since we grew up together, we went through some of the same developmental things together, went through milestones of life together, struggled through hard times together, experienced awesome times together. We did life together. But we also didn't grow up together in the exact same way, exact same time, exact same experiences. Uh, One of my friends I talked to this past week, Noah, uh, we've known each other since elementary school. And we grew up in some formative years together, elementary school, junior high school. Uh, I remember uh, confirmation we were in together here. And he was much further down, like the faith journey path in confirmation. I was, like, barely hanging on, you know, trying to get through. I remember having to write that confirmation report, and I was like, what do I write for this thing? How do I do it, you know? And he helped me. He helped me get through Confirmation. He helped me grow in my faith. And ironically, I'm the guy that became the pastor, uh, and I officiated his wedding this past summer. It's just awesome. Uh, My other bud, Josh, I've known him since junior high. He's right over there somewhere. Uh, You might know him. Uh, And I remember one time in my 20s, you know, I was starting to wonder about this girl I was attracted to. And he was already, you know, going down the marriage path way ahead of me, and he helped me look at things the right way. He helped me grow. Turns out I married that young lady, and so life is cool. His advice was taken well, and it worked. And uh, now I'm in ministry here with Josh, Josh Bates, our men's ministry leader. You see him up here singing and stuff like that, and it's awesome. Having people in your life, you know, that you grew up together with them is awesome because growing up, it's not a solo project, right? It's maturing. It's growing up. It's going through the developmental milestones. It's becoming adults. All of that is done with other people. It's done in community. It's done with those who are farther down the road and they kind of help you. It's done with those that are kind of at the same spot and you support each other in a different way. It's done with those who are way behind you and you're helping them come along. But really, the reality is that the destination of humanity, one of the goals of humanity is we are to grow, right? Like if you just look at the pure biology of it, right? We grow up from being an infant to a toddler to a child to an adolescent to adulthood. And biologically, by the time you are 25, you are grown, right? Your body reaches, it's full grown, the brain is developed, all of that, unless you grow horizontally. Sometimes that happens if you go down the street there too much, you know what I mean? But just as we grow physically, there is also an intellectual growth, an emotional growth, a social growth, societal growth, spiritual growth. And not, none of those things are done in solitude. In fact, it's impossible to grow in any of those ways by yourself. They are done in community. And so St. Paul, in his letter to his dear friends that live in Ephesus, to the Ephesians, he starts to get at this sort of, what does it mean to grow up? What does it mean to grow up together? What's maturity look like? What does it mean to be united in that endeavor? You see, it's interesting because St. Paul writes this letter to the Ephesians, to the people at Ephesus, and he spends the first three chapters of it, and he's talking about God stuff, lofty divine stuff, who is God? And then in chapter four, he starts to make this turn toward us, toward humanity, how we live out this God life here and now. And so our text today, Ephesians chapter 4, is sort of this bridge. It's a bridge between all that God stuff and all this here and now, living our life stuff. And really, that's what our identities as baptized believers is. It's about relating to God and relating to each other. It's about growing up together. Much of the, my thinking uh, behind this sermon comes from Eugene Peterson, uh, and he quotes a guy named Colin Gunton in this regard, and he says this, Colin Gutton says, The baptized are brought into relation with God and with each other in the same act by virtue of sharing in communion with the one Father, mediated by the Son, realized by the Spirit. Those who are in Christ are in the church, brought into relationship to God and into community simultaneously. Basically, what he's saying is we are in relationship with God and with each other. It's our identity as baptized believers. The two are intricately connected. And so we see that in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul, he's going to sort of linger around the intricacies involved in what this means, in becoming mature in Christ, growing up in Christ. And that it's not a solo project, that we do it in company with others who are growing up with us. It's who we are. And in reality, that's what we're talking about here at St. John's. That's what our discipleship pathway is all about. You've seen it before. You've heard it. Uh, Do we got that slide up there? Connect to God. Grow together. Share Christ. You heard of that before, right? That connect to God part is our worship, our devotional part, the share Christ. We're going to get into that next week. It's bringing Christ to people. But it's that grow together part, right? That's the part of who we are as disciples of Jesus Christ at St. John's. We're committed to growth. And that growth uh, is done in context of community. We do it together. There's a depth to that growth. There's a progression to that growth. And there's a breadth to that growth because we do it together with each other. So I kind of wanted you to keep that in mind, that grow together stuff as we walk through Ephesians chapter four. And what does it look like? What does it look like for us to grow up together in Christ? Ephesians chapter four, verse one, St. Paul says this. He says, as a prisoner for the Lord, So he's in prison, he's writing this letter. I mean, so he's kind of focused, you know. You're incarcerated, things solidify down to what's the most important, okay? He says, as a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received, calling. He said, every one of you has received a calling of living in the world and the relationships into which you've been called, with God, with each other. And he says those words, I urge you. Now up to this point Paul's language in Ephesians it's been a certain way, right? He's been he's been kind of preachy, right? He's been kind of Billy Grahamish, you know what I mean? He's up front, he's bold, he's urgent, excited, extravagant, exuberating news of the gospel, right? All this chapter 3 divine sort of stuff. But then in chapter 4 he sort of changes his tone. And he says, "I urge you." He kind of gets quieter. He kind of gets more conversational. It's like he's hanging out with you in the backyard, you know, having some hamburgers or something. He's like, I'm here. I'm at your side. Let's, let's talk this over. Let's consider what this God thing is all about. Let's consider how we can together get on board with what God is doing. It's a language of a, a discernment together. It's a language of encouragement. And so sometimes scholars talk about this sort of language in the church, like in the church, they talk about three different sort of types of language. There's the preaching, charismatic language. There's the teaching, didactic language. And then there's this chapter four language. It's the discernment together language, the encouragement language. And if you're a theologian out there, it's the paracletic language. Preaching is that bold proclamation is done in the church. And you got, sometimes you've got a big pulpit like we have over in the sanctuary. It's done in a church building. Then you have the language of teaching. It has to do with understanding and knowing more about God. It's done in the classroom. It's done in Bible studies. There's a Bible study teacher. It's when we read our doctrine books and we go through confirmation. But theologians and church people talk about this third language, this discernment language. It has to do with encouraging language. It's conversational. It takes place informally. It can happen anywhere. It happens in our life groups. It happens before church and after church. It happens uh, on the porch at home. It happens over barbecue. It happens at coffee, at Starbucks. It happens when we text each other or we call someone on the phone. It happens between family and friends and husband and wife and parents and kids and grandparents. They talk about it kind of being the language of the church. It's the language of the church that happens after the sermon. Happens after the Bible study. Happens after the church service. It's the everyday language of our lives lived out. It's the language for those of us who need encouragement. We need a comfort. We need discernment as we live our lives in the muddled sort of details of life. It's the language of sort of assimilating and metabolizing, you might say, all that we digest from the preaching and the teaching of the church. I'd say it's the growing up together part. It's becoming what you know. It's maturing. It's growing up in Christ and our identity as friends and as disciples and fellow followers of Jesus. It's the life and the language of the Holy Spirit. That's what the church calls it. It's the, the Holy Spirit in the, in the Bible is called the paraclete. That's why they call it the paracletic language. It's the language of the Holy Spirit who is our advocate, who is our counselor, who is our friend, who is our comforter. It's the language of relationships and growing deeper it's getting the words of Jesus, not just in our minds, but into who we are so that we become them. God's word's on our side. God's word is winning us. God's word's working out the details of the circumstances. That's the language that Paul's getting at in Ephesians chapter 4 when he says, you know what? I urge you. And then in verse 2, he, he comes into it. Right? He's just talking to us. He's, he's talking about life. And he's saying, you know what? Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, verse two and verse three of chapter four. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Verse three, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. St. Paul's saying growing up together, going toward maturity has a lot to do with the way that we speak with each other. It has to do with the way we live our everyday lives with each other. And he's pointing out, Humility, gentleness, and patience will go a long way. Which means that doing this growing together, this life together stuff, it's going to take a long time. It means that it's a complex process. It defies simplification and simple answers. It's different than the preaching and the teaching of the church, but it's still part of the church. It's the living life together in all the messiness that is in the world. It, it kind of reminds me sometimes I'll preach like a 20-minute sermon like I do most, right? And you kind of give you simple truths, right? But a lot of times afterwards, some of you will send me an email or you give me a call on the phone or I'll see you during the week. Or uh, my family at home will say, you know, well, what about this, right? How does what you said apply to this? Or what about that? How does what you say apply to that? Because this is kind of complex and you said it kind of simply. That's exactly what Paul is getting at. It's this discernment language. The preaching, the teaching side of the church is only part of it, but the growing together in community around the world. We wrestle. We wrestle with the, what about this? And the, what about that? Of the simple truths of God that are coming into complex 24-7 lives. And while that is complex, we're reminded that it flows from the simple truths of God. And St. Paul says that. Verse 4, he says, there's one body, there's one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, verse 5, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who was over all and through all and in all. But then he says to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. So he's saying while there is unity and identity in our community, there is also an individuality that God's grace is for each one of us. And then he continues on in verse 11. He says, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up and so we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and, I love it, become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Let's stop on that phrase really quick. Become mature. Uh, Those words, they sort of rail against parts of our culture because maturity is not necessarily celebrated in our culture, right, today. Instead of becoming more, our culture kind of pulls us to get more or to do more. And there are a a bunch of different life maps out there that you can get. Saying you live this way, you live this way and your life's going to be better. And you don't even have to grow up. You just follow this little map. You Skip that growing up part. And you can have more financial security and more athletic prowess and a better car and a better job and a better career and a better vacation. Follow this little map and it'll get you there. You don't have to do all that growing up. But those maps never really get us to the real destination, right? The destination that we really need to be. In fact, when we look at our lives, the more we get and the more we do, the less we become. We don't grow up. We don't mature. And we can regress to childhood ways. And that's why Paul says in the next verse, he's pointing us to growing up toward maturity. And then he says, when we get to that point, we'll no longer be infants, right? Tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and the cunning and craftiness. Of people, and their deceitful scheming. I love this. He said, instead speaking the truth in love, we will Grow. We will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. From Him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows, builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I just love that St. Paul says, We will grow. Paul says, We will mature. And I think St. Paul would say to us today that there's no easy map for that, right? There are no shortcuts. There are no simple little things to say about that, right? Growing up doesn't happen in six weeks. It happens over a long period of time. And we're all at different stages of this growing up together in Christ, right? Just like biologically, people are at different stages. Some of us in the room, we're infants, right? We've just been born into the faith. Some of us are toddlers who are just learning to walk. Some of us are children, innocent and pure. Some of us are adolescents, enthusiastic and rebellious, right? Some of us are young parents. We're trying to figure out this adulting thing. Some of us are mid-lifers. We're reflecting on it all with a different sort of wisdom and maybe wonder about God. Some of us are elderly. We're wise. We're grown. We're mature. We look back at life. We consider the present, and we're contemplating a glorious and eternal future. St. Paul says, that's the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ joined and held together. We're growing together as the body of Christ. It's awesome work. It's hard work. It's long work. It takes time. Just like our physical bodies take 25 years to reach physical maturity, growing together, growing up together takes time. It takes time after church. It takes time after the sermon. It takes time after the Bible study. It takes time spending together. Connect to God. Grow together. Share Christ. It's our discipleship path. It's why we have a discipleship path at St. John's because we want that grow together part to happen for every one of us. Like I said, in two weeks, we'll be starting our Red Letter Challenge. It's a great opportunity just to start, to grow together. And if you need to take some steps in that direction, if you're like, you know what, I, I, need, I need to start having some more friendships centered in, in God, centered in, in the Word. Sign up. Sign up for six weeks. Give it a little time. See what God does. He's calling all of us to grow deeper in Him, to grow up in Him, to grow up together. We're the body of Christ, and St. Paul promises, he says, We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work.